Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Our guest this morning is a business and macroeconomics analyst, writer and commentator on economic, political and global issues and has had his writings published in City Press, News 24, Biz News, African Liberty and Politics Web. He's also been quoted by illustrious magazines such as Time and Financial Mail as well as by Al Jazeera. Um, the, the Financial Mail magazine also profiled him in its backstory section in July 2020. Um, in June of 2018, he became a se- senior fellow at African Liberty, which involves researching and writing on African politics and economics. And other than sitting on the boards of Alta and the South African Institute of Business Accountancy, is with on the board of South African Institute of Race Relations and on our council. Pumlani Majosi, welcome to the RR show. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, Sarah. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm fine. Um, I, I'm sure, I'm sure I could add much more to that, uh, illustrious, uh, uh bio, but, uh, I, I thought, you know, we, we only have 20, 25 minutes, so I'll keep it down. Pumlani, we sit here at the beginning of 2023 and I'll put it to you how I see it is we're going to see two things is economically and politically things will get worse while everything is focused on next year's election Um, am I being too too sort of brutal about it and too uh, unforgiving about what's what's going to happen in the next in the next year or so well Brutal is the right word. I would apply to your comments. <laughs> but you are not alone. Hey, you are not alone. Um, um, even economist David Root has mm. said um, that we are in a, a tough situation. Um, and he's very much right um, because um, where we are right now um, is a situation where we are seeing a lot of... Um, We've seen mismanagement of the economy um, from the government side, and you have been speaking about energy policy, um, uh, the power issues we have in the country that have really contributed to to the dismal economic performance that we have we have seen uh, in recent years, uh, including um, you know uh, last year. Um, so the failure of energy reform. Um, uh, that happened over many, many years. Mm. Um, when you speak about the, the independent power producers, uh, the need to liberalize the energy market, the need for ESCOM to get competitors uh, or to, to be in an energy sector that is competitive, uh, the need for some privatization, I would argue, of ESCOM, those things should have been done long time ago. So uh, there has been a compounding sort of uh, effect in the problem with energy uh, that has led to that has led to where we are. Mm-hmm. Now your word you've used the word brutal because the the issue of power blackouts or power outages will be with will be with us for years. Mm-hmm. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. There was, was a problem that was built over years. And it won't be going away anytime soon. Reason being to do the actual long-term fix to ESCOM or energy sort of sector. 
um, it would take years, you know, mm. to, to, to make those changes. Mm. And therefore, South Africans are going to face um, a tough um, time ahead. So energy would be quite something that would be um, important to watch this year as comments so on, and it will continue to slow down um, the, the economy. Mm. And also another thing that will continue to be with us for at least the next six months, um, and it could even could still be with us even the whole year, and that is the continuing inflation um, mm. we've seen over the past two years since COVID be- COVID began. Inflation, um, you know, are rising to 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 very disturbing levels. Right. Um, and then also the Ukraine Russia war contributed to. The, the policies that encouraged inflation, that were a recipe for inflation. Mm. And that was the total shutdown of economies and then printing money to be able to, 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 you know, to sustain, at least they were attempt to, to, attempting to, to sustain the economy. And that was inevitably going to lead down to, to lead, uh, to, to rising inflation. So all those factors, um, the monetary policy aspect, as well as the, the Ukraine Russia war, uh, as Russia invaded uh, Ukraine, and then it destabilized prices mm. and markets globally, and that contributed to that. Now, that mm. inflation isn't going uh, anywhere anytime soon, mm. so long as the Russia-Ukraine war still continues at, 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 this, at this level and mm. there isn't a solution to it. So, then, so inflation will continue to be with us, though, of course, the projections by many is that will continue to, to slow down the same. But also key to watch, Sarah, is... How the central banks react to this? Right. Um, um, you know, we've seen them uh, numerous interest rates uh, hikes over the past year that have really been a pain to people. People are complaining now um, because of the pain of the rising yeah. interest rate. Um, and according to, um, to to many economists, the idea or the view is that we'll continue to have. Another interest rate, uh, interest rate uh, hikes uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Some foresee at least two in the first half of of this year. So, from a an inflation perspective, we're still gonna endure the pain. It's still still gonna be with us in South Africa, and we will also continue to see them at least um, um, interest rates um, rate hikes still, mm-hmm. um, you know taking place. Mm-hmm. So that, that would be interesting to watch. Another issue as well is um, uh, the labor um, markets, mm-hmm. uh, Sarah. Um, the, we've seen the labor unions in South Africa. Uh, the union sort of last year we saw the strike that really had a huge impact on ESCOM. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, the strikes at, at ESCOM, the labor unions coming out to strike. So I, I think that um, we are still going to see the labor unions coming out this year mm. with numerous, um, you know, unrest, uh, labor unrest or labor strikes. So that, as we all know, sort of always has an impact um, on, on, on how our things um, function. Mm. And I just hope that we are not going to see as much within the ESCOM environment like what we did mm. last year. Because that, again, is going to have a huge impact on the electricity supply mm. that is already constrained and it's really going to to impact the environment. So that's the that's the I would say the economic mm. side of mm. it, and it it largely sort of um, uh, ties to ties to your your word of uh, or your term of brutal. 
mm. uh, that given the situation uh, of of the the macro conditions that we have, so I, I would say that you, you you the brut the brutal yes we have been brutal but also we have been honest mm. at this point in time of the year of the challenges we face. And then mm, yeah, and sorry, Pumlani, what I was yeah. going to ask was we. In, in, a, in the, the scope for addressing those issues, um, which are extensive, um, I, I, don't, I don't feel very hopeful. We had six days of ANC conference, virtually five of which were taken up with a chaotic process of both running the conference and managing the conference. It was messy. It was, there was, it was rude. It was, there lots of sh- shouting and, and, and cajoling. Um, and, it, and when you add to it the, the, the added on sixth day, which happened last week, um, and the reference to policy, what was what was really concerning is that, not, to my mind, nothing appeared to have been said that indicated a change of policy or change of direction, or a sense of urgency that would make changes to the way the ANC would do anything. It was a doubling down on legislation that really has a strongly uh, dictatorial, um, socialist uh, outcome, uh, land, health, uh, you name it. And I I just, I kept thinking, you know, it it was, words were spoken and nothing new was said. Uh, Would you agree with me or am I being, uh, again, too brutal? Uh, Well, the the, the ANC... um it isn't when you look at oh, just over the past um, three years, Ramaphosa has been in power. Mm. Um, my, my my honest view, honest view has, has been that where he has at least done a few good things that are still anyway. We're gonna see if they will continue to affect them, to affect them, and whether they will make a difference. And that is some element of um, or elements of. Um, Liberalizing the, the the energy sector, right? Mm-hmm. So that has been, you know, bringing more um, independent power producers into it, and then also um, trying to at least give freedom to those who want to or companies who want to sell electricity to others. So things like that, though in 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 grand uh, scale of things, they remain very small. But that's the only thing I would say I was seeing. Some sort of uh, at least an approach mm. in terms of opening up the energy market was they realized that they've really um, messed up things uh, then. Mm. On other things, the the, the 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 policies they haven't changed from from the past. There isn't any changing uh, from the NC. They want to continue with the NHI. The mm. NHI that nobody knows where the money is going to come from. <laughs> or how much they need? <laughs> yes, and the NHI that will really be a burden mm. to, to to South Africans. Uh, you know, Sarah, I was at a public hospital during the holidays and then uh, the, the, the doctor, the medical doctor, was explaining to me the, 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 hosp- the public hospital system. Mm. And I'm saying to him, uh, and then I asked him, do you think the NHI is going to address the, the problems? And his response was, was no, we don't want the NHI mm. uh, because the problem will be just big, uh, mm. complicated, and more expensive for taxpayers. So, and, and here at a point when we look at the impact of um, 
of nationalized uh, or government controlled mm. healthcare systems how they can slow down the the healthcare mm. um, access for people mm. so so the nc wants to continue with that and co- it continues with various regulations including them they want to push up the minimum national minimum wage now apparently they're mm. proposing 8% increase, increase this year yes. they continue with various policies of, of be laws and so on they are not sort of stepping away from that. Mm. They are now talking about more control or, or I would say they are eager to, 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 to impose more control on the South African Reserve Bank. Mm. They are talking mm. about some are raising this thing of nationalizing it uh, and to expand the mandate, mm. um, you know, um, to, to include other, other things as well. But of course, to achieve that, they will need to change the constitution. But mm-hmm. you can see their line of thinking mm-hmm. on public policy, that it's, it's more, sort of more control, more sort of, um, the statist way of, um, of managing things. So yeah. you are right to say that not really much has changed from what the ANC stipulates and wants to achieve as an organization. On mm. public policy, and mm. so long we have that that mindset, and it's what they want to propose to South Africans ahead of them of the election next year. It's it's quite it's quite troubling, you know. Mm. There will be people who will continue to to say, "Well, Ramaphosa is doing something," and so on and so on. But the actual changes on the ground of people's yeah. lives, we are going to struggle to see it because not the right things are being right things are being mm. done immediately. Or I should say, very little mm. is being done that is uh, out of them. The whole things that need to be um, effected on public policy to bring long-lasting um, sort of positive change yeah. in the country. I wanted to ask you, um, obviously one of the issues that one will be dealing with every day is the possible outcome of the, of the next election next year and whether the ANC would either scrape over 50% or just below it enough to form alliances with other parties, so with co- coalitions that remains in power, or whether there's a real chance that um, parties, a coalition of parties in opposition would actually take over the governance of the of the country. And one of the things they point to as being in the ANC's favour, I, I was absolutely astonished when I read these figures yesterday, 29 million people in one form or the other are reliant on, on the, as recipients of grants of some kind from the, from the government. And it's, I think the government's always been very clever at sort of promoting this as being something the ANC has provided when of course anything that's been provided is, uh, is, is, um, is, comes from our money. But it's also, it, it, it's, it, it would hope to stay in power by disempowering People by by make, making no fundamental change to their ability to actually get jobs and actually earn more. Mm. You know, um, just two things. Um, I, I will start with um, the outlook for for next year's election. What's a possible yeah. outcome? That is my view, and then I will talk about them, the grant um, sort of aspect that we have mentioned, social grants. Um, uh, so it's it's uh, it's been debated now. There are various views as to uh, what will the next year's election uh, outcome look like. Uh, some people say that no, the NC is going to drop below fifty percent, and then some will say, uh, well, they're still. But I mean, the people I've heard, very few of them say 
the NC will, will get more than, will continue to be in power, um, and get more than 50% of the, of the vote. I, I, I lean on the side that says the NC last year, I mean, so next year will still remain in power. Um, but they will, their support will decline to something between 50 and 55%. And that, the reason I say that is because partly of, it ties back to what you've said about the 29 million people which has been the ANC strategy over the years. Basically, really sort of, and they continue to, there's no pulling back on, on social grants and so on. Mm. It's an expanding system. You know, it's, it's, an, it's a growing system under the ANC's governance. So that, that tool will be something that they will, they will use to, 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 to garner or to attract votes. And then you also have, um, you know, a big chunk of people, Sarah, who choose to stay at home than to go and mm, vote. Mm. Um, in fact, apparently, if I'm not mistaken, in the 2019 election, um, there were more people who chose to stay at home than people who went and vote, right? Who, who went and voted. So you still have a big chunk of people who don't want to go and say, let's rather vote for someone else into power than to keep the NC. Um, so that will have an impact in the sense that it really does. Um, sort of gives the NC that that advantage, um, and then um, you also have the fact that uh, for some reason Ramaphosa remains very much. Many people think that if it's him, he can still fix the issue. Mm. Right? There are people, there are polls that have been done, um, even by um, you know France Cronier, the former CEO mm. of mm. uh, They are out there publicly. The people, they still think that Ramaphosa could, you know, uh, be, be, be the one who solves the problem, um, mm. problems of the country. And those people will, as soon as they, the election day comes, they will say, okay, let's still see if we can give this guy a chance. Mm. Now, what's been happening, Sarah, is that people, even in the 2019 election, they were sort of, they would split their vote and say that nationally, I will keep the ANC in power. And then locally or provincially, I'm going to elect a different or choose a different um, political party. So my, my, my view is that, that that habit amongst South Africans will likely that we are going to see it in, in next year's election. And people say, nationally, you know, Ramaphosa hasn't really finished up on energy reform. He hasn't done this. He hasn't, you know, and they're still yeah. going, to, going to give us social grants. So let me, you know, Vote at a, at a national level for vote for the ANC, and then maybe locally, and then split my vote or still vote for the ANC. So mm-hmm. those trends will still be there, and it makes me believe, or in my view, um, argue that the ANC yes will continue to decline. Mm-hmm. It's been declining over the past. Its support has been declining over the past twenty years now. It will continue to decline, but not enough mm-hmm. for it to get less than fifty percent to get out of power. Right. So they are still going to remain. Okay. I will pick, up, pick that up, if I may. Um, yeah. If I just go to our uh, sponsors. IFM, 101.9 megahertz of life. This is the RR show with Saragon, and my guest, Pumlani Mwajosi, is going to take up my, just my next challenge, my next question, perhaps. And that is this. Um, 
I've had sort of uh, anecdotal reports from people who've been overseas who said who have basically said that South Africa is completely off the map as far as um, the Western world is concerned. But what people are saying is they've the realization that Sir Ramaphosa is not achieving anything. He is not the renewal guy. He's not the guy who is going to lead us into the new dawn. Surely that uh, realization should, well, we, we've known it, but foreign investment, investors who we desperately need in this country to help pull us out of this quagmire, what about them? Yeah, so the, the, in, 20, in 2019, I think it was April, The Economist, which is the global um, economic affairs magazine, very popular mm. around the world, popular around the world, mm. uh, it's based in, in the UK. Um, they published a cover story uh, about South Africa. South Africa's upco- it was then the upcoming election, and they had said they said that um, on the cover was our president Cyril Ramaphosa, and they said he's South Africa's best bet. Mm. Um, this is the guy who they thought um, that he would be, he would bring economic reform, you know, tackle corruption, um, fix the issues of the country. That was the view of the time. In last month, uh, Sarah, um, as the NC was up, was about to have its conference, um, I think it was during the week of its of its conference, the Economist magazine came back and said they overestimated. Ramaphosa's zeal and his, um, you know, ability mm. to drive change, uh, and 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 that what South Africa needs is the coalition of the clean. Those mm. are the words that they used. In other words, they've given up on Ramaphosa being the fixer of South Africa, right? Mm. Someone mm. who tackled the country's issues head on, and 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 that change would would take effect. So internationally, um, Ramaphosa. Um, has sort of lost that um, that appeal, um, mm. as even amongst the people who really invest. Um, and there was a, some interest, or a, a greater interest, when he first came in. Mm. Because the thinking was that these the these the guys want to turn things around. But over time, you know, the appeal has been has been has been lost, and 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 the faith in him has been has been lost. And that would still even be amongst the investors as well, who over the long term uh, wouldn't uh, or don't see sort of um, uh, South Africa as the right place to to invest. So the Economist magazine is the it's sort of it's a good way of um, how it as it, it evolved from favoring Ramaphosa, putting him on putting him on the, on, on on its global cover, um, and saying he's, mm. he's the best bet in 2019, and then coming back last month. Saying that actually no, he's not the best guy. We we overestimated. What we need is new governance mm. or a new coalition. I think that is significant, Sarah. Mm, mm. It tells you the how the the view about the man's leadership has evolved over the past mm. uh, three, three three years of his of his uh, governance. Um, perhaps uh, unfortunately, I mean, I could. Mm, there's lots I could ask you, but perhaps the last question to deal with is given the fact that. We know the change is not going to be fast, but uh, whatever can be done to help would be useful. How likely is it that the um, the private sector will increasingly fill fill the gaps, or can fill the gaps? 
The private sector will continue to participate in the economy with the constraints that exist. And, you know, I, I'm, I sort of, I, I'm lucky to be exposed to, to, to people who are called investment portfolio managers. You mm-hmm. know? People who really are the ones who are choosing where to put their clients' money. Mm-hmm. And I hear what they think every day and, and what their thoughts are when it comes to investing. And most of them, um, Salva, they, 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 they've held a view. Some, some, some have held it even publicly. Like um, there is a famous investor, um, Magnus, um, I think, Haystack. Um, he himself has been saying the way to make money or to make good market returns is to go mm. and invest offshore, not in South mm. Africa. If you want to make money for your clients, you can invest elsewhere, not in South Africa. Mm. So, so that that has been really a, um, I would say, a, something that has been. Um, Kind of um, a negative for for South Africa that mm. people still want to go and and, and and invest elsewhere instead of um, you know in, in the country. So the so from an investing perspective, the the, the people are running people's money and so on. From a, a, a private sector side, they still largely think that they can make better returns mm. elsewhere. Those who really have to operate, they are stuck in the country and mm-hmm. have to navigate the the the, 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 the difficult conditions uh, to sustain their businesses. But it's going to be a tough environment. They will mm. continue to participate in the private sector, but the things things will be will be tough. And we won't make um, as much gains as we would have as we would if the the right sort of macro conditions including the structural issues of power supply that were sorted out and regulations and so on, if they were in order, you know. So it's going to be a tough environment for the private sector, but they will mm-hmm. continue being, 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 being part of the, of the process. Right. Uh, Pumlani, unfortunately we've run out of time. Um, I do appreciate your speaking to us very much and hope to have you on again. It's, uh, it's been long overdue. And uh, thank you very much and have a, personally have a very good new year. And, uh, all the best for 2023. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for the invitation to your show. And it's great to, to share insights with your, with your listeners. Great. Thanks.